In our scripture today, Jacob, the son of Rebekah and Isaac, the grandson of Sarah and Abraham, is in trouble. This is nothing new. All his life he's been selfish and remarkably unself-aware of the impact his actions have on others. In other words, he's a lot like you and me. And you may remember how he once took advantage of his old blind father and stole his brother Esau's inheritance. And as we pick up the story today, Jacob is worried that his brother is coming to kill him. So he decides to send ahead of him a farm load of livestock and servants as a peace offering. And now, by the quiet of the Jabbok River, he finds himself alone. At least, he thinks he's alone. When night comes, there in his camp, someone or something attacks him. The story at first says it's a man, but later suggests it might have been God. The prophet Hosea, reflecting on the story in a different book of the Bible, says that Jacob wrestled that night with a messenger from God, a malach in Hebrew. In Greek, an angelos, an angel. But this hitman from God doesn't seem to be very good at his job. Because by sunrise, Jacob has the angelos begging to let him go. But not before, in a kind of cosmic low blow, he strikes Jacob on the hip, leaving him with a limp. Jacob, always able to smell an opportunity, says he won't let the angel go until he gives him a blessing. From now on, you will no longer be called Jacob, says the angel. You will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and humans and have prevailed. I love this story. I, I love how, like our own lives, the characters are complicated and the lines are not always so clear between good and bad, right and wrong. Is Jacob, for example, the hero of this story or the victim or the villain? And who is he fighting? His own guilty past, perhaps. Some shadowy force, a commissary of God. Where is God exactly in this story? And what is the point of the story exactly? Again, like our own lives, it's not so simple. Like our own lives, it's a mixture of blessing and limping. For more than a year now, we too have been wrestling an ambitious foe that seemed to come out of nowhere. And we have been brave, and we have fought well, but we too have been injured. The enormous loss of life, the economic uncertainty and lost jobs, the racial and political upheaval, the isolation, it has all left us anxious and exhausted but it has also left us with new insights and new perspectives. We have seen miraculous things thanks to the pandemic, like Barbara's feet playing the organ and communities coming together and the scientific breakthroughs that led to a vaccine. This time has been for us a mixture of blessing and limping. Despite the ambiguity in Jacob's night of wrestling, one thing is clear when morning comes, he is not the same. 
By giving him a new name, the angelos signifies that Jacob is no longer the person that he was. And as our part of the globe, hopefully, emerges from the acute trauma of the pandemic, we too are not who we were. Now, last week, Clover introduced us to the wonderful image of rehabilitation as a lens through which to make sense of this time. And one of the principles of rehabilitation is that trauma changes us, often in ways that are not immediately clear. The wisdom of rehab says you may have lost some range of motion. You may no longer be as steady on your feet. It also cautions that you may see things in new ways now. Your values may have shifted because of what you've experienced. You may find that new goals and new hopes have emerged on this side of the trauma. So today, I have two invitations for you. First, I want to invite you to be curious. Curious about who you are as we emerge from this extraordinary year. Check in with yourself like a doctor might check in with a patient. Have an attitude of discovery about how you are doing, how you are feeling, and be open to being surprised. We know that this virus has wreaked havoc not just on our physical health, but on our mental well-being as well. And to cope, we have been drinking more and eating more and watching a lot of Netflix. All ways of coping with a crisis, maybe. But now, it may be time to take stock of the toll this pandemic has taken on us, to be honest about the ways it has left us limping. And it's not just new challenges that we need to be honest about. By pushing us out of old routines and habits, we've been given the chance to see things from new angles. This strange time has blessed us with the chance to ask questions about how we want to spend our lives, what we want more of and less of. This is a time to be curious. And then once we've been curious, the second invitation is to be courageous. Can we courageously share with others what we've learned about ourselves? Can we admit the ways we are limping and ask for the help we need? And can we admit the things we are excited about and ask others to support us? We share an unspoken social contract that says we will show up tomorrow as basically the same person we were today, at least once we've had our morning coffee. And we all depend on each other to do this. Our boss at work, our family and friends at home, they have, they have to be able to trust that we won't be someone completely different the next time they see us. So it can be scary to say and scary to hear the words, I've changed. Something is different. I need something new. And that fear can keep us from naming what is now true. But stuffing down what's true seldom works out very well either. So the invitation is to be courageous, but also to be caring, to give others a chance to get used to the new you. 
The ways you've been changed by all of this may be small, more like adjustments, fine tunings of the values you were already living out. Or you may discover that some larger shift has taken place for you. You may find that you need to claim a whole new name. If so, don't underestimate the willingness of people who care about you to adapt. They want you to be who you truly, truly are. They just don't want to lose the parts of you they love. At least, that's been my experience. Whatever this time has brought for you, you may wonder where, in the midst of it all, is God. In times of change like this, it can feel like God is, is fighting us as much as God is helping us. But I believe that God is always in the business of helping us to be ourselves, of accepting ourselves, of loving ourselves, taking care of ourselves. Because it's only from that place that we can truly accept and love and care for others. So maybe God is there in the curiosity and in the courage that it takes to ask for what we need and to name who we are becoming. Maybe sometimes God wrestles with those parts of us that are holding us back and keeping us down. And maybe sometimes we need a punch in the hip joint to get our attention, to assure us that even in these strange days, that God is there for us. To our strange and mysterious God, and to God's angels in all of their many forms, we give thanks and praise this day. Amen.